Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is May the 26th, and our chapter for today is Job chapter 42. Well, when you read chapter 42, you see that God has the last word and that Job is blessed beyond what he ever could imagine in the beginning. But let's not ever forget, he lost sons and daughters. He lost possessions of every sort. Job's heart was broken. His life in many ways, even his health was destroyed. But Job did not curse God, but he blessed God rather. And many times I hear Bible teachers and pastors and others say with a smile on their face, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it's almost given in mirth. I don't believe that was Job's heart at all. As a matter of fact, I believe Job, with a cracked voice, with tears streaming down his face, looked toward heaven and looked toward his wife and said, The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God is so good to us, even at our worst, God is gracious and merciful. He doesn't have to give us anything. He could take our life in a moment. And even after Job was tried and after he had gone through great trouble and ridiculed and abused by Satan himself, Job blessed the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that Job was perfect and none of us are. In the end, Job prayed for his friends, and that was a gesture of mercy and grace on his part, and it pleased the Lord, and God blessed him. But the reality is Job's friends sometimes acted more like enemies. As it's been said, with friends like these, who needs enemies? Well, that's the way some of you might feel at some time, and you might feel like that everyone's forsaken you, even God himself, but he never has, he never will. He is always with you, and God loves you, and he has a plan for your life. And I want to share with you just a few verses today out of the book of Job, and I want us to look at the end of Job. After his friends are named, the Bible says that God blessed Job. He accepted him, and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Did you get that? And the Lord, notice the personal name for God. This is verse 10 of 42. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. God loves that. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house, and they consoled him and comforted him for all of his adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and a ring of gold. Now, of course, my question, maybe yours, is where were all these friends and brothers and sisters when the times were bad? Well, sometimes even God withholds our friends from us and our families from us. You see, we have no promise when we follow God and we bless God and we live the life that God wants us to that even our family is going to appreciate us and love us. 
There is no guarantee that everybody's going to come running to your help. If they do, many times they're wanting to gloat over your sorrow and then walk away from you and tell you, not to your face, but to others and to their own family members, well, you know, he needs to straighten up and fly right. Hey, maybe this will wake him up. Maybe I'll tell you again, with friends and family like that, we don't need enemies. But the reality is that God saw it all. And after they had come and consoled him and comforted him, the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters, and he called the name of them, and it began to name his daughters, and how blessed they were to be the daughters of Job. And the scripture says after this that Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So Job died old and full of days. You see, our days are not ended unless God says they are. What a blessing it is to see the ending of the book of Job and God's blessing upon his life. And I want to go back, if I could, and take just a few minutes of your time to share with you what I believe is a great lesson that all of us could learn from Job in this last chapter. You see, for those who had not been what they need to be to Job, God said, Job has to pray for you. Now, God dealt with those people that Job prayed for, but he blessed Job. Job was the benefactor of praying for those who were his friends that had become critical of him and in some ways had become his enemies. How do we deal with that? How do you deal with family? How do you deal with friends? How do you deal with foes? How do you deal with those who hate you? How do you deal with those who despise you and reject you? How do you do that? Well, aren't you glad that Jesus has given us an answer? And I want to tell you from personal experience, everything that God says is true, whether I experience it or not. But I can tell you, I've experienced this in my own life, and I would love to share with you for half a day sometime in a message how God changed my life by praying for those that are in my own family, my mother how God changed her life, but in the meantime, and way before he changed her life, he changed my life. Jesus said it like this in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. Verse 43 says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor, that is, those who are close to you, those that are like you, those that like you and love you. He says, I know that you've heard it said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Now, the word bless is the word eulogia. That's E-U. That's the beginning. That's the prefix. And it means good or well. A logi, logeo, or logos. It comes from that root, log, word, speak, say, whatever the ending is. But it means to say something good about someone. A eulogy, we usually hear, sad to say, only at funerals. I have said to many, if you're going to say something good about me, I'd appreciate it if you'd tell me and not after I've gone on to be with the Lord. It doesn't matter then, but it does now. And so Jesus said, eulogize those, say something good about those who 
say something good about you? No, 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 no. No, he said, bless those, say something good about those who say something bad about you, who curse you. Now, that's going to take every bit of the control and power and enabling of the Holy Spirit that is within our lives. We had just read in the Gospel of Matthew the prohibitive, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Why did God say that? He said that because it is in our very nature if somebody knocks out our tooth to take their head off. Uh, If somebody knocks out our eye and blinds us, we want to blind both their eyes and kill them as well. But the Lord just set limits. But he even goes farther now and says, bless those who curse you. Say good things about those who say bad things about you. That takes the power of God himself working in our lives. He said, do good to those who hate you. In other words, look for ways that you can do something good to show the love of God in your heart and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, those who hound you, those who have used you, those who have gotten in close to you just for some kind of transactional relationship. And the moment that you are no good to them, the moment you can't do anything for them, the moment you don't buy something from them or you're not a part of their circle anymore, you're out of sight, you're out of mind, those kinds of relationships, the Bible says You need to pray for those people, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. That doesn't mean so that you'll be saved, but so that you will show that indeed you are part of God's family. For he makes his sun to shine and rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than anyone else, more than a lost person? Do not even the tax collectors do so? In other words, if we're only good to those who are good to us, if we only are kind to those who are kind to us, if we only speak to those who speak to us, if we only are doing these things, then We are no different than lost people, than those who do not even know God, because anyone can be good to those who are good to them. Anyone can bless those who bless them. Anyone can be kind to those who are kind to them. It takes someone with the supernatural spirit of God living inside of them to do something that is not natural. It is supra. It is supernatural. Now, this will take everything that's within you. When I was in Dallas, Texas, I had just been saved a couple of years. I had surrendered to preach three months after God saved me. Then in 1976, in August of 76, I made my way to Dallas, Texas and began an intensive, intentional, structured discipleship in Christian education at the Crystal College in Dallas. I was living in a room that I'd rented from a sweet, kind, older lady in Lakewood, just in the east end of Dallas, a beautiful area near White Rock Lake. I was in a room there for the time between the time I went and the time that Karen and I got married in June of 1978. I lived with this wonderful woman, had no kitchen privileges or anything like that, but I had a room and a bathroom with running water. It was absolutely wonderful. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. 
But I tell you, as I would read the scriptures, as I began to study the scriptures and God began to mature me somewhat, and I read over and over again in the gospels and just trying to learn who Jesus really is and how I could please him and walk with him, I read this passage over and over again, and there was really animosity and even hatred in my heart toward my mother. She had abandoned us. I was seven years old. My brothers were four and five years older than me. I had seen my daddy's heart broken and him crying, literally, literally cry to where when he would be on the floor, when he would get up with his face on the floor, wrapped in his arms, that there would be a puddle of tears there. I saw his life, him go from a man who uh, stood upright to one who was humped over and broken because his heart was broken. I despised my mother for doing that. She lied to us. I looked for her to come back, and she didn't. And then my heart was just crushed, and I began to get hard. And after God had saved me and changed my life, I couldn't live like that. You see, you can't live in hatred and name the name of Jesus. You cannot live with animosity in your heart. I don't care who it is. I don't care if they deserve it or don't deserve it. You can't do that because that's not the nature of the Holy Spirit within us. And I read this passage to pray for those who had used you and abused you and to bless those who had said bad things about you. And I began to cry out for God to help me to love my mother. And as I did... It was almost praying with my teeth gritted to begin with. And I prayed that way for one day, for two days, for a week, then two weeks, then three weeks. And then after about the third, again to the fourth week, it was toward the end of the first month that I prayed. I was asking God to change my mother and to change me. And while I prayed for God to change my mother, God began to miraculously change me and change my heart. And as I did pray for her, truly, I began to love her. I began to cry out to God to let me see her so I could reconcile with her. And even if she didn't want me, I wanted her. I wanted her to be my mother again. I wanted to love her because it was the right thing to do. And God so miraculously changed my heart. Someday I'll tell you the end of that story because the end of it is very good. But... I wanted to share this very personal story with you because even though I never went through, not even in the least, it's like a, the story I just I could tell you and, and have just told you a brief excerpt of that is a drop in the ocean to the sorrow that Job went through. I understand that. But what I'm saying is Job was hurt by his friends. He was maligned by his friends. He was in many ways forsaken by his friends. But Job obeyed God and he loved God and he prayed for God to bless them. And God blessed Job. This is God's way. Other people are in the hands of God. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. The hardest thing that God will ever ask us to do this side of heaven as his followers is to truly forgive those Let go those cords that we're holding others with who have hurt us. Cut those cords. You free them, yes, but really what you do is free you and pray for them. Ask God to change their heart. Ask God to, if you can, bless them.
and to be good to them, and that the goodness of God would lead to repentance like the Apostle Paul said. And as you do that, God will change your heart and mine. I pray this is a blessing to you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.